This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara. Hello and welcome to the 401 Podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. I'm your host, Kevin McNamara. Thank you for joining us as we navigate the challenges of the first few weeks of 2021. College basketball teams continue to fight two opponents these days, the virus and their rivals on the floor. It's not easy, especially for the 20-year-olds who can't play in front of their parents or their girlfriend and are often the only students left on a lonely campus these days. All we can do is wish everyone the best of luck and hang in there. Before we bring in this week's guest, we'd like to take a moment to tell everyone about our good friends at Manscaped. Hey everyone, it's Kevin Collins here to tell you about our friends at Manscaped. Yeah, I'm the other Kevin behind the 401 podcast, but I'm not just the executive producer of the show. I'm also a guy who appreciates being clean and well-groomed at all times. Please welcome aboard Manscaped to the 401 podcast family. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Every hairy guy like myself knows how annoying it can be to grow hair in all the wrong places. When self-grooming, it's become far too easy to cut yourself in the most painful of places. But Manscaped has come to the rescue. Our good friends at Manscaped redesigned and changed the electric trimmer game forever. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest trimmer ever created for all those hard-to-reach places and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This Manscaped third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, and my favorite part is the waterproof technology. I always shaved my face in the shower because my skin was softer and more receptive to the blade, but Manscaped now allows me to groom everywhere I need while in the shower with little to no cleanup. If you're listening to the sound of my voice right now and can relate, or maybe the missus would just appreciate a little bit of cleanup down there, I want you to experience Manscaped firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KMAC at manscaped.com. That's code KMC, three easy letters, KMC at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping for our listeners. Manscaped.com, your balls will thank you. I've been fortunate to cover some pretty good coaches and even better people in my years on the college basketball beat. Pete Gillen is one of them. Coach Gillen came to Providence in 1994, succeeding Rick Barnes. He had enjoyed an excellent run at Xavier, but wanted a taste of the Big East. And the New Yorker relished the challenge. Those were days of Iverson and Ray Allen, John Wallace at Syracuse, and so many other Big East All-Americans and superb teams. Gillen and the excellent staff he put together fought that fight head-on. And in 1997, a Friar team filled with talent and electric personalities overcame quite a bit of turmoil and roared into the NCAA tournament. The ride didn't stop until the Elite Eight. With the ball and three seconds on the clock in a tie game, the Friars couldn't get a clean shot off against Arizona. The Wildcats would survive in overtime and go on to win the national championship. Pete Gillen would leave for the University of Virginia two years later and enjoy the end of his outstanding coaching career. Now Coach Gillen is calling games and in the studio for CBS Sports Network. He's as funny as anyone in the sport, quick with a quip, and also the insight that only a great coach can bring. So we're pleased to welcome Pete Gillen on the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Uh, Coach, how are you? Doing great, Kevin. Really nice to be with you. Heard you the other night for the first time this season. I know you've you've had a few games, but... uh, 
You had a exciting one with Georgetown and Marquette. I, I'm curious what your schedule is going to look like uh, for everyone who's obviously everyone knows who Pete Gillen is, who listens to the 401 podcast, um, the former Friar coach who's uh, now on CBS Sports Network, both in studio and games. And uh, coach, I'm partial. I like you on the games better than the studio. N- not that you're you know uh, below average in the studio. Well, that, Kevin, it's a whole different world. Uh, I like the games better, also. I like being in the action, you know, excitement there, being, you know, in the arena and hearing the crowds. Unfortunately, now during the pandemic, we don't have that. But <clears throat> I love being at the game. Studio's fun. Studio moves pretty quickly, though. You know, the, the trains, John Ross, you know, you know well, and Gary Parrish, these guys are machines. You know, they know the, the backup guy for P- Kent State. They know, you know, the, the swing man for, you know, these other schools, uh, Oregon State. I, I, my head's spinning. I know the teams that I'm going to cover and a few other teams, but these guys are a terrific they're machines. So, but it's fun. Uh, I haven't done any studio yet. Hopefully later in the season. But I, I enjoy that. But I I'd much rather do the games. But I have a little break now, Kevin. As you mentioned, I had a few games before. I've had four games since the beginning of the season, November twenty fifth. I have a little break, and then I have like three games in a row, like January something like twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth, and then you know. So because of the pandemic, you know, a lot of the games would be done as you know, remotely. Mm-hmm. I do it in a studio up in New Jersey, right across from uh, New York City, right across the river. So I, that's why I'm going to do a lot of my games, unfortunately, uh, from now on, because uh, I, I, for most of the broadcasters, they will not be on site. Some will, but that's, that's very rare. I'm curious, uh, from a coach's perspective, you know, I'm sure you can only imagine the you know mental anguish of the season shutting down uh, in, in a snap last March. But but how about now, uh, Pete? You know, you obviously spend time with coaches, talk to coaches. What are they saying with how they're navigating the pandemic with their with their players right now? Well, they're just going day by day. They're holding their breath, Kevin, most of the day. We don't want to get another negative report. I don't know if they're tested three times a week. I don't know exactly what it is uh, in each conference, but <clears throat> holding their breath, you know, and it could be completely innocent. And I might not be out at a club dancing, going crazy or at a big party. Might be somebody who might come in, a, a relative or a friend come into their room, you know, their dorm room if they're on campus or <clears throat> if they're at home and uh, he or she might have it. So uh, they just tell them just be very careful, wear the mask all the time when you're with other people other than your family. You know, they keep lecturing it to them, but sometimes bad luck happens. And it's, it's amazing. So many teams are doing great, but all of a sudden you get a bunch of uh, people, games being canceled. So I'm a little concerned about the season, Kevin. I think we'll get through it, mm. but I'm still worried. No, I think there'll be fits and starts. There's no two ways about it. I, I, I just can't imagine... You know, just think about the preparation that goes into getting ready for, you know, when Providence has to play Georgetown. You know, I mean, your entire staff is is putting in crazy hours and you're ready. And then that morning, something can happen where everything goes up in smoke. I I guess the ability to be nimble and adjust is is maybe one of the most important factors a team can have this year. No question, because they told us, they said the big word is flexibility, you know, and just be able to bounce with it don't get frustrated and you know what's interesting the naval academy i think their record is five and one now <clears throat> and and when you're in the military military school i worked at virginia military many years ago as an assistant for two years and those guys are you know they're, they're mentally strong you know and they got to adjust so they got to do differently so right now the naval academy is five and one <laughs> and they're pretty talented but i think you know what i mean they can handle maybe some of these you know stops and starts and different things 
better than the average one. I mean, West Point got beat by, look like 45 or 50 the other day by Colgate. They came around yesterday and beat them. Really? So the, as you hit it on the head, the team that is the mentally, mentally the strongest and being flexible and, and, you know, adapting, those are the teams I think they're going to do well. You have to have talent, of course, but the ones that have some talent and flexibility and adaptability and mental toughness are going to be successful. Pete, I wanted to ask you about the, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, the change in style in basketball in general and, and college basketball to a large degree. I don't think the colleges have gone all in on the NBA three-point you know, style of offense. Um, but, you know, you, you coached for a long time, very successful at, at Xavier Providence and Virginia, but the game changes. And I'm curious what you think when you watch the NBA and maybe you see some of those NBA-type things creeping into college. What happens is when the players watch the NBA to coach it, so after the NBA does it, then a year or two later, the colleges emulate a lot with the NBA. So it's getting closer. It's still not nowhere near what the NBA is doing, taking 45-53s a game. But it's it's starting to creep closer. I, I, I'm not crazy about it. I know it's different. I'm old school. I think big guys score inside. The toughest place to guard somebody, in my opinion, if he or she knows what they're doing, is in the low post. You know, you seal the guy and, and you know, boom, you got a chance to get a, a great shot or get fouled. But there's not many old school big guys. There's a couple. All right. Uh, Theo John, uh, the young man who you know from Marquette, mm. is in the low post. And the Friars, right, the big guy uh, in the Friars. is uh, Nate, Nate Watson, uh, yes. Is, yeah, Nate. I forgot his name. Yep. Nate. He's a kind of an old school guy, you know, posting up a lot, and he's doing a great job this year. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I there's certain positives, but there's so inconsistency. Marquette, for example, they beat uh, Wisconsin at home, all right, hit some threes, and they beat Creighton on the road, hit some threes. Conversely, they play against Oklahoma State. Mm. They shot 29% from threes. Against UCLA, they shot four for 20, right, uh, 20% for threes. Right, so my point is the three-point shooting is inconsistent, Kevin. But you get the ball to the low post. I used to say, let the big dog eat. Get him the ball. Sure. Usually, good things are going to happen. So I think you got to get a balance. You know, I think the analytics are important, but I think sometimes uh, you got to also uh, go with what's practical and, and your gut feeling as a coach. Uh, last one before we go on the way back machine, uh, coach in, in the four hundred one podcast. But last one, I'm curious who you've seen either in person, but probably more more on TV, like everybody else is just. Been home watching a lot of games. I imagine you've seen Gonzaga. I'm looking for your perspective on Gonzaga. And any other team out there that really has caught your eye? Well, Gonzaga, as you mentioned, Kevin, right now I think they're in a league of their own. I mean, they're ridiculous. Suggs, the point guard, is outstanding. Uh, uh, Kispert, the wing, is terrific. So, uh, you know, Timmy, the power forward mm. um, from Texas, is excellent. You know, and Ayaye, I don't know if that's the pronunciation, but he's very good. So they got a great team. I, I did the game last year uh, with uh, an old friar, uh, you know, uh, uh, at Santa Clara State, Herb Sendek. Oh, yeah. Uh, was with the Friars for a while as an assistant with Rick Pitino. And uh, was really impressed with them. And the thing about them, Kevin, their best player didn't play this year. Petrushev, he was their center, 6'9", 6'10", about 240. He went pro. He went back to Eastern Europe and played. Mm. So can you imagine if they had him to go with all these other guys? So... Uh, Gonzaga's great. Bill, I haven't seen as much of. I like what I see clips of them, uh, but uh, not really. So, uh team I like is Iowa awful lot, Kevin. I think they've lost two games, but Garza is tremendous, and they got Bohannon, who's hurt last year, is very good. 
Weisskopf, I think his name is Weisskamp, is a, yes. a good wing. So, and, uh, you know, Coach uh, Fran McCafferty, two of his sons play that are solid. So uh, those are the, you know, Gonzaga, unbelievable. Uh, I really like them. Iowa, because they're the big guy, they play a tough schedule. Uh, but they're very good. Uh, so those are the ones right off the top. And I saw Creighton. I like them, but uh, I think they're vulnerable. The Friars almost got them the other day. I think Creighton's very good, but the defense is is solid, but not great. But uh, Creighton is is impressive. Uh, I like them, but uh, those are the ones that I I've seen so far that I like. Uh, and uh, West Virginia is very good, mm. but uh, as you know, they lost to Shebe, the mm. big guy. You know, left the team for personal reasons. I don't know what's happening there, but. I'd hurt them. But I'd say right now, Gonzaga, uh, Iowa, really, really impressive. You know, very, very good team. And, and Creighton, because they're three-point shooting, uh, very impressive. I coached one of the Creighton players, uh, Ballard, a young man, uh, about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, wing, uh, and, uh, at an Under Armour camp. And he's a really terrific young man and a, a really a terrific player. He, he's from Kansas. I mean, Kansas could use him. They certainly Not could. Not typical Kansas guy, you know, who's a 6'6", six, six, Guy can jump and run and everything else, but he's a really tremendously skilled player. He's an excellent shooter. He's had a great run, Mitch Ballack, out there in uh, yeah. in Omaha. Yeah. It's NFL playoff time, so please head to Haxton's Liquors on Bald Hill Road in Warwick for their great party deals. Haxton's has everything you need, all the top wines and spirits, plenty of beer, a huge selection of spiked seltzers, and all the mixers. Haxton's is always ready to serve you, so stop in and see my friends Tim and Bobby Haxton. They do an excellent job with social distancing and air filtration in their giant store. So mask up and say hello to the Haxtons. We're thrilled that they are proud sponsors of Kevin Mack Sports. Pete, I'm curious how often uh, you come across someone who brings up your time at Providence, your team in 97, or... Just something hits you out of the blue, and you think about that team in that time. I bring it up because uh, I believe uh, Shamgod had a really interesting uh, first-person uh, report uh, story that uh, they wrote on the Players' Tribune that came out, I'd say, in uh, late December, and it, it was fascinating. To be honest with you, I learned some things about Sham that uh, that I didn't know, uh, and maybe you wouldn't know either. It was more about his time growing up in New York and whatnot, but. Uh, between that and Facebook and guys checking in and whatnot, I, I, I'm curious how often uh, you know you're reminded of of that team and that time. Very often, Kevin. Very often, uh, you know, we were it's a special time, and uh, very often somebody comes up. Yeah, I saw your team, and if you had a out of bounds play, you'd be eating uh, caviar and steak <laughs> and, and shrimp instead of uh, donuts. You know, so. Uh, but uh, at the end, where we the game was tied with 3.9 seconds, I remember that about every nine days, Kevin. You know? I, I can tell. It's, it sounds like it's on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> and, uh, but to answer your question, yes, uh, it's, it's funny. The game the other day, I think you saw some of it, um, it brought up because we played against uh, – we did the game on TV for CBS Sports Network for Marquette at Georgetown. As you know, <clears throat> Steve Wojciechowski is the head coach of Marquette and done a great job there, and he was the point guard for Duke at the time, as you know. So it came up. The producer wanted to put it in, so it was a little clip of that game for like – eight, seven, eight seconds, and we were able to upset Duke. So <clears throat> to answer your question, it comes off uh, very often, you know, and I, I saw a movie the other day uh, called The Replacements, and uh, in the story, uh, the coach there, I'm trying to remember his name, but uh, he was a, a famous guy. He was in the Indiana thing where the guy won the national championship. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. Hoosiers. Hoosiers, uh, Gene Hackman. 
Gene Hackman. Okay, my mind's not as good as it wasn't very good initially, but uh, slip. So Gene Hackman says something, and it resonated a little bit with us. Uh, the providence is once you achieve greatness, that greatness sticks with you the rest of your life. So getting to the Elite Eight, tying the national championship, I think it was 85, uh, 85 national championship, Arizona. In my mind, that, that was a, a great accomplishment for our players, you know, and our staff and everything. And it's something that stayed with me. And, uh, you know, I wish we got another step further, but uh, I think there's some truth to that. You know what I mean? Uh, to be able to go that far with 300-something, 50 teams or 345 teams, whatever it was at that time. Uh, you know, we, we had a great run, and uh, we still keep in touch. I still keep in touch with Shamgood. I did read that article. Uh, somebody sent it to me, uh, and I learned a few things about it. Definitely hmm. a couple of things that, you know, he experienced and stuff, you know, like that in his life and, um, it's a great tribute to Providence College that he, you know, went back and Providence brought him back and he able to get his uh, undergraduate degree and, and help the program. And Ed Cooley was great to him. So, uh, but he's come a long way. <clears throat> they love him there as a development coach for the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Mark Cuban loves him. He goes on the road with the team. As you might know, uh, very often the players want him on the road so he can work with some of the starters, but some of the 9, 10, 11 guys that are still developing. You know, coming off the bench. So, uh, yeah, it was a great article, and uh, he's doing really well. And I check in with him, you know, once every maybe uh, two months, and, uh, you know, with a call or a text. And, but he's doing great right now. Now, now, Pete, can you imagine? So, this is uh, now we're going to take you back to 1995 or six. Uh, Sham is a freshman. Uh, he, he came in with, with a few uh, vanilla type guys, you know, Corey Wright and uh, Jamel Thomas, you know, a couple boring guys. <laughs> yeah, kind of no personality. Yeah, none, none at all. And now we're 25 years ahead, and Shamgod is a, a, a coach for maybe the best young player in the world, uh, Luka Doncic. He, he, gets to, he gets the privilege of working with, with a great player like that. No one could have predicted that path. No question. It's a great point. And I, I talked with Jim. He works with Luca a lot. He, you know, he, he worked, you know, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, even when he was playing before he retired, he worked with him a lot. But yeah, he worked with Duke, uh, with Luca. So yeah, no one would have predicted it. And, uh, you know, his dream was to play in the NBA. He really didn't get there uh, for longevity or, you know, to stick. But now he's doing something. He's teaching and he's trying to help young people. And I was proud of him. He went back to a place where he lived, his apartment building uh, in uh, Manhattan. In New York City, and uh, he, you know, got a bunch of masks for people. He, he got some, you know, he was sponsored, and uh, he, uh, he got a bunch of masks for the kids. So hmm. he's giving back, you know, and, uh, you know, he had a sneaker came out, as you know, and uh, the sham god, and yeah. people don't might not know what he looks like, but they know the move. They know, you know, this inside-out move that he did that, with, the, with the ball handling. So uh, I, I'm really proud of him. He's done a great job, and uh, uh, he's, you know, helping the game out and he's in the gym all the time. He's a really a hard worker and uh, he's having a great career for himself as a development coach. And I think, as you know, uh, Ruben Garces uh, coaches up here in Rhode Island. I think Jason, yeah. Mur Jason Murdoch was, was in the high school coaching game down in his native New Jersey. Uh, we, we obviously come across Austin Crozier an awful lot uh, working for Fox TV over the years. Uh, awful lot of Im impactful guys on, on that team who, who, Clearly love basketball. They, they they tried to stay in basketball as much as they could. Is that right? Yep. <clears throat> yep. And I correspond with uh, Austin. He texted me a, a couple of weeks ago. We text back and forth. And, 
Jason Mardigan yeah, was coaching in Jersey, as you know, for a while, and Ruben coaching uh, up there in Providence. So, uh, yeah, they loved the game, and uh, they, it was a unique team. And, you know, all sorts. You got, you know, Austin from uh, Los Angeles, uh, you know, uh, Rick recruited, Rick Barnes, right. his, his staff, and uh, we're fortunate to keep him. Uh, we kept him because of Louis Orr. Uh, Louis, six nine, who played in the NBA, played at your alma mater, Syracuse, and uh, <clears throat> we went out to visit Austin. As you know, he was going to leave uh, his sophomore year, <clears throat> no matter who came in. But uh, Louis and I went out, and uh, Austin stayed because of Louis Orr. Hmm. And Louis worked with him for two years, and Austin had an unbelievable work ethic. And Austin uh, became a lottery pick, as you know. So uh, we were fortunate. Uh, so we kept in touch with him and Ruben. Every once in a while, we touched base with. I haven't touched base with Jason in a while, but. Uh, and uh, you know, Jamel Thomas is doing well. He's working people out. Yes, he's doing that. That's he's kind of a workout guru. So uh, seem like a lot of the guys are doing well. And as you said, they love the game. And uh, you know, we had a great run. You know, it's funny we almost didn't get in, Kevin. Mm. Right? We had to beat, I believe, West Virginia to secure a definite spot in the second round of the uh, Big East tournament. And we did that, uh, Gail Catlett, and then uh, we won three games and had a shot at the national champ. And Lost in overtime, so uh, it's funny. It's a fine line, Kevin, right between victory and defeat. Really is. Uh, I remember maybe a year or two later, Providence is in the NIT, um, and I'm in in New York at the Marriott Marquis, you know, the big hotel, and I'm going up to my room, and Lute Olson gets in the elevator. Um, Arizona was also in the Final Four, of the NIT. So I introduced myself. Uh, you know, he didn't really want to deal with me, but I introduced myself and I said, you know, I, I cover Providence and I'll never forget that game in 97, you know, in the regional final. And he just shook his head. He says, I still have sham God nightmares. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> but, uh, he, he had a pretty good team now. He, he had Mike Bibby and uh, Jason Terry oh. just to get started. They were absolutely loaded. Oh, they were loaded. Jason Terry played the NBA 17, 18 years. Uh, Jason Terry and Miles Simon, as you know, I think was the MVP of the tournament That's at the right. end. Yep. And they had a couple of big guys that were talented. Uh, they had a great and the guy, another guy, I can't remember his name, but he was uh, played in the pros. He was another wing guy. He was from, uh, I, I'm not sure if he was from Canada or not, but he was a, a, a very good player that played for a uh, while. Dickerson, Mike, Michael Dickerson, they had a lot of guys. That's it. Yep. Yeah, you got a much better memory. Michael Dickerson played in the pros for four or five years. He told me an interesting story. At the Final Four, uh, I hosted the uh, Final Four coaches that made the uh, made the uh, Final Four. They had like a certain group of coaches. It's like they, they get a, a green jacket at the Masters. Well, these guys get a, a blue jacket. If a coach makes the Final Four, they're invited to a luncheon at the Final Four, and when they can come back, they get, they get it. So I hosted it for a couple of years. So Lou Olson's there every year, and all you know, the great coaches were there. Uh, you know that Denny Crum and you know all these tremendous coaches. Uh, Judd Heathcote, when you know he's still around, Lord of Mercy, he passed away, and you know all these coaches that won the national title, uh, Steve Fisher at Michigan. So I, I talked to um, Luton. He said, "Pete, I'm going to tell you a story." I said, "He said uh, the guy who saved our team uh, was Jason Terry." I said, "Well, I know he's a great player, but how'd you save your team, coach?" Well, Miles Simon, at the beginning of the year, was not uh, eligible. I don't know, I guess academics or whatever it was, but he was not he got eligible like after the first semester. So Jason Terry, was, he comes in to meet Coach Olson. He says, Coach, uh, you know, we might have a problem. And, and uh, Luke says, what's the problem? He says, well, Miles Simon, he's not going to be happy, you know, if he doesn't start. He's, he's you know, a very confident guy. I love him, but he'll, he won't play well. He'll pout. He says he's not going to stand for him. He might transfer. 
So Jason Terry, so Lou says, what should I do? He said, Jason Terry says, coach, I'll come off the bench. I have no problem with it. I'll do it. You know what I mean? I, I think we have a terrific team. So he came off the bench all year and against us, you know, with Providence. And as you know, in the NBA, he did it for 17, 18 years. And that was a big reason they won because they had the chemistry, you know what I mean, with Dickerson, sure. Bibby, Miles Simon, and Terry come off the bench. So they had a, a great backup. But that's something I didn't know. But very rarely does a player volunteer to sit down, you know what I mean, for the good of the team. A 15-year pro, too. You know he's a superstar player. Uh, Jason Terry obviously a has a great player, run. Yeah. Well, Pete, uh, thanks very much. Uh, we, we'll check in again throughout the season. Um, maybe, uh, maybe another four hundred one podcast when we're getting close to the to the final four. But we always appreciate your insights, and uh, most importantly, just stay safe. It's a, it's a crazy time, and uh, I know you, you can only drive up and down Route ninety five so much. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We've got to be careful. But great being with you, Kevin. Continued success, and uh, looking forward to do it again down the road. Thanks very much, Pete. You'll always be remembered fondly here in the 401. That's it for this week's 401 podcast. Thanks, as always, to producer Kevin Collins and all of our listeners. We are now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. Subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy most. Shoot us a like and look for the next edition of the 401 podcast with Kevin McNamara. Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 Podcast from KevinMacSports.com.